Welcome to the Spiritual AF Life Podcast, a magical place where your host, Heather Danielle, psychic medium, will bring the mystical woo-woo world down to earth in practical ways. Tune in every Monday for your weekly reading and on Wednesdays to hear fascinating conversations with spiritual experts, uplifting stories, and deep dives into the metaphysical world, all to help you tap into the invisible guidance that's all around you. It's time to start living a spiritual AF life. Get cozy. The conversation is starting now. Okay. If you are listening to this podcast episode today, then it means that spirit is calling you to basically strengthen your connection, to enhance your intuition, and maybe even get that connection to the psychic and mediumship world, the channeling world, and to really help you feel better. Now, I know that you know that it's good to eat right and everything else, but I want to go over some things that are basically coming from one of the first spiritual books I ever read after my awakening, and that is Eating in the Light. It's actually by Doreen Virtue and Becky Perlitz, who is like a registered dietitian and a counselor and all these things, and they basically collaborated on this book, and it has always stayed with me from that moment on, and I wanted to share some of the tidbits of this book with you, and that also includes eating and your spiritual path, the connection there, food energy, and also life force energy, including some yin-yang foods. I'm going to give you a life force prayer as well to put over your food. And this is not only going to help your food taste better, but it is also going to help you raise your vibration up. And this is something really easy that you can do is to raise your vibration up so that you can go ahead and connect to your spirit guides, past loved ones and angels. And you don't even have to worry about meditating and things like that. Just going ahead and maybe adding some of these yin-yang foods into your diet can also help you establish that connection. The next thing is we're going to talk about the emotional impact of food and also how your food impacts your chakra system. So in case you don't know, your aura is your energy force outside of your body and your body protects the chakras. The chakras are energy force centers that are inside of your body and they protect you know, your whole body, like your organs and all these other things, okay? It really helps you from getting sick. And when our chakras are clogged up, that can actually contribute to illness, okay? So, and you have like over a hundred chakras in the body, not just like the seven, you have the same major ones, but you actually have over a hundred that go all over your body, okay? And some of them are not even in your body. So that's kind of interesting as well. We won't get into all of the details of the chakra system today, but we are going to go over some of those details of your diet and some food. I know what you're thinking already, okay? You just want to turn this off. You know what to eat and stuff like that. Just like this book, Eating in the Light, is a vegetarian slash vegan diet. I'm not going to do that to you, okay? Because I am like 100% like all about whatever works for you. So I'm not going to push anything down your throat. I'll be honest, I'm eating meat now. I'm eating processed foods. I'm eating all that stuff. So I know a little bit of this is a sign for me, but I also have to tell you that, yes, you can eat crappy foods and still have a good spiritual connection, but it does enhance and does make your spiritual connection better. Now, before I get into this book, I just have to tell you a little bit of the reason why that I feel compelled to share this. 
I actually went for a run today and spirit said to me that this is what I needed to share. And I'm like, wow, it does make a lot of sense because I am definitely guided towards Oracle cards and tarot cards that have to do with the food connection and everything like the food healing Oracle deck. And today for the weekly cards, I chose the food fortunes deck. And so I'm like, yeah, there's definitely a sign there. But the thing is, is that when I first woke up, I would say officially woke up, I think it was like 2014 or 2015. So not that long ago. And what really helped me out of it was food, was changing my diet. Now I look back and I can see that my seizures that really catapulted my spiritual connection were from narcolepsy. And that's a different story for a different day. I will post the link to the episode where I go over the craziness surrounding that, surrounding that. But basically, what I ended up doing was two major things because I started getting really sick and I was in and out of the hospital and doctors could not find out what was wrong with me. And I got married because of it and all these other things. And my poor husband was constantly getting called home from work saying, your wife is in an ambulance again. And I remember that always being called. Something's always happening to me. Couldn't drive for months. And it just was so, so much, but it did lead me down my spiritual path. You know, because of that, I was not not only able to meditate with the monks and go to the monastery and learn from them and decrease my anxiety, but I was also able to start changing my diet. And that helped out tremendously. And I do go over that in my book, Anxiety to the Angels. So if you haven't read that, I'll go ahead and put it in the show notes where you can grab it. But basically, I was like, oh my God, changing my diet, like, it not only catapulted my abilities, but it also helped me decrease my anxiety so much. I went on a juice fast and it was really funny because at the time I, I didn't even eat fruits and vegetables. I just went ahead and I would just eat, you know, maybe lettuce and tomato on a sandwich. Like that was basically it. If it had like lettuce and tomato on a burger at Burger King, then that was my vegetables for the day. So a lot of the vegetables I never even ate, I would juice them. And that's how I ended up with my first, I guess, vegetables inside of my body. And I remember one time, it's so funny now to look back on it. But I remember one time my husband, he cut up a couple of slices of cucumber and a couple of peppers for me. And I mean, he just wanted me to eat them like plain like that. There was probably about four slices of cucumbers and maybe four in total of the green peppers. It took me probably two to three hours to eat them. And I was not happy. It was so disgusting. And now like I have fruits and veggies, like usually every single day, of course, I go through seasons where, you know, I'm eating like crap because, you know, there's other things going on in my life and I don't have time to cook or chop vegetables, but I have some of those excuses just like all of us do. But I think that's really, really funny because that is how I started. Now that is how I started. Okay. And it worked. I started meditating. I started eating right. Things started happening in my life. I started, you know, my intuition became a lot louder. I started getting really crazy things in my meditations, but of course, a life happens and I, here I am eating more crappier. Not too bad though. I never went back as bad as I was and I still haven't gone back as bad as I was. But now I moved to Virginia. And now when I was in Virginia, I started going to a psychic development circle. And what ended up happening? 
Oh my gosh. I started getting sick to my stomach anytime that I was around meat. At first, it started with shrimp before I even left to go to Virginia. I used to love shrimp. And then as I was taking the tails off one day, I just started like throwing up. I could not even handle it. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And then when I moved to Virginia, it started happening with chicken. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to eat the canned chicken. Oh my gosh, that did not work either. I started feeling like sick to my stomach and everything over that. And that's when I found this book and it talks about how the energy of it is not really good for your body, at least for this moment in time. Because when you go through not just your spiritual awakening, which you could kind of see that as like going through the door of your spirituality, like your first step, if you will. But then when you start up leveling and when you start going... (sighs) I hate to call it leveling, but like when you start learning more and getting in deeper and deeper, then all of a sudden your vibration changes and then the foods that you eat need to have that higher vibration so that they don't basically clash with your own vibration. So basically what I'm saying is I started vibrating really high because I was learning my psychic and mediumship you know, gifts of learning all about that. And so if I put things that were heavily processed, that were very dead, okay, inside of my body, it was physically making me sick and making me ill. Hopefully that makes sense. Your food has a vibration and we're going to go on over that here in a minute, a little bit more. And so that's putting a very, very low vibration in a very high vessel, aka your body. And so it kind of clashes a little bit too much and it can make you sick. Now, the thing is, is that your vibration in your body is always going to change. It's not going to stay the same, like even, you know, throughout the day, but you need to kind of not, you need to notice this because this is what's going to happen, especially when you're on the cusp of learning something new. And then once you've learned it or you have established, you up leveled, and now you're kind of in that, you know, okay, you're learning phase. You're not like climbing up any mountains. There's no challenges or anything else like that, that you're learning. Then you can go ahead and start eating a little bit crappier. You can bring that things back into your diet if you want, like I do. <laughs> And anyways, you know what? I'm going to get right into this just in case I'm confusing you. And then maybe I'll answer some of your questions. Okay. So first it says here, on your spiritual path, you become more aware of your feelings and thoughts and medicate meditation, prayer, yoga, and other spiritual practices can help you listen. A natural extension of this effect is to listen to your body's reactions to specific foods and beverages. So a good starting point for you is if you're interested in adopting a healthier lifestyle and diet is to tune into your body's feedback. For example, eat only one food at a time and chew slowly. Close your eyes, breathe deeply, and notice how your body and emotions feel immediately after eating each particular food. Bingo. This is it. This is why Spirit wanted me to read this because yours may not be meat. It may not be shrimp or chicken like it was with me. In fact, around that same time that I was learning that your spiritual connection affects your diet and, you know, vice versa and all those kinds of things, right? I went ahead and I did a uh, meditation. And in this meditation, I was doing kind of like a body scan and I was trying to figure out what my body didn't like because I realized that I was eating something that it didn't like. So I'm kind of new to my meditation practice. I was maybe a couple years in, but definitely not into tuning into my own body. And I got it was my coffee. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to like get rid of my coffee, et cetera, et cetera. Well, guess what? I never got rid of my coffee. Okay. I didn't. I just learned that's how a coffee affects me. However, 
I did learn shortly after that meditation that my body wasn't telling me it was necessarily the coffee. The coffee wasn't helping matters, okay? It was definitely probably making things worse. You know, coffee is very dehydrating. It's very acidic when it gets into your body. So it's definitely not something that you want to drink. But if you are, then know that what it does so that maybe you can supplement in other areas. However, what my body didn't like was gluten. It did not like gluten at all. In fact, I am not celiac, and you know, I don't have celiac disease. I'm, I'm not really gluten intolerant, according to the doctors, but I can feel gluten when I eat it. I can tell you, especially when I have a flare-up, if it's, it has gluten in it or not. Like, I didn't know that soy was, like, made out of all gluten, especially soy sauce. Like, I had no idea. But it is literally in everything, and my body did not like it, even though I don't have celiacs and things like that. So, go ahead and see if that works for you. Okay. So, next thing that we're going to talk about is the food energy and the life force. Okay. So this is going to be very interesting as well. It says, take a long, deep breath right now. That breath of air you just filled your lungs with is being separated into molecules. Each molecule is going in its own direction in perfect harmony with divine perfection. But what causes our lungs to expand and contract, the cell, our skin to reproduce, and our stomach to digest food? Of course, there are psychological reasons that explain all those processes, but what supports the psychology? There is, without a doubt, a beautiful, benevolent life force that is behind all this. Whatever name you choose to use, God, the universe, spirit, creator, Allah, Rama, they are just attempts at naming the one, which we are all a part of. Throughout this book, which is the Eating in the Light book, all right, they are going to use the name God, but feel free to substitute whatever term that you are comfortable with. I say that all the time. I use Gus, which is God, universe, and spirit, okay? This life force can be felt as energy that we plug into for the physical, emotional, and spiritual renewal. Modern-day physicists have shown that ultimately we are made up of energy. Our body is not really solid. These molecules are just moving very slowly. We are part of this life force along with everything else on this earth, and that includes what we eat. Now, I think we've talked about it a little bit before, but in case you didn't hear, yeah, these molecules are basically vibrating at a very high frequency. And so it kind of gives it that illusion that it's solid when it's not. It's just vibrating so quickly and so fast that it is making it seem like it is solid. I don't know the table that you're on right now, the computer that you're on, I know it's kind of freaky for it to be like, oh my God, this isn't freaking solid. No, it's not. It took me like years to wrap my head around it. Okay, but I do like this right here, this really cool paragraph. It says, a scene in the Crocodile Dundee depicted a man who wouldn't eat a steak offered to him because it had been dead for too long. Okay, they knew that the meat had no more life force in it and it wasn't worthy of being in his body. So now they kind of make this a little bit confusing. But basically what it's saying, though, is that your body is also operating at a very high frequency or basically it has has a frequency and you want to vibe higher because that is where you're going to feel the better. And so when you are putting something in your body that has a life force that is dead and it doesn't have the energy vibration in it, then it's not going to fuel you and make your vibration go up. Okay. It might actually hurt it a little bit. And so, yes, for as long as your meat has been a dead, then that can actually affect 
you know, whether or not you feel good and that kind of thing. That's probably the reason why, too, that they're always talking about going ahead and buying locally sourced things and stuff like that because you're not having to wait and for a truck to come from Mexico or somewhere really far away in order to get the meat. Okay, so life force and foods. When an apple is growing on a tree, drinking in the sunlight, it is filled with energy of life. That energy is what we call life force. Once the apple is picked, it contains much of its life source. The life force keeps the apple firm, juicy, and sweet. However, several variables can affect its life source, okay? Number one is time. The longer the apple is off the tree, the less the life force it has. Freshly picked produce has the most life force of any food. As the produce life wears off over time, it becomes wilted and loses its flavor. Bingo, right? So we all think that fruits and vegetables are the way to go, but guess what? They go bad, don't they? Another thing that affects it is temperature. The body of an apple in many ways is no different from our body. If you were boiled, microwave, frozen, or steamed, your body would not survive. Produce losing its life force as it has cooked or frozen. And I just had to put a little caveat there. I'm not sure who else here is like a dietitian or anything, but I have read a zillion books too. But basically, a lot of the, the fruits and vegetables that we have that are frozen were flash frozen. So I believe they're a little bit better. Sometimes, I don't know, there's actually contradicting information of whether or not it contains more um, nutrients in it than it does like the fresh. I think you have to look at a case-by-case -case basis, okay? Because I have been learning a little bit about how broccoli is better fresh than frozen, even though it's flash frozen. So when it is flash frozen, that means that they, they freeze it right away as soon as it's picked. And apparently it saves a lot of the nutrients inside of the fruit or vegetable okay so if you are a dietitian or if you know more about this then definitely reach out to me and I will clarify anything um, on my um, Instagram stories and Facebook stories all right, the other thing that affects is preparation. In the same way, when apple is juiced or sliced, its life force doesn't last for long. Think of how an apple slice usually lasts before wilting. Compare this to the length of time that the whole apple lasts without wilting. Anytime we process food, we reduce its life force. When produce is juiced, its life force only stays with the juice for about 20 minutes. Now, again, this is this person's, you know, viewpoint, if you will. So with juicing, let me just talk really quick about juicing. Juicing is when you pull out all, like basically everything that's in the juice, all the fiber and everything like that. And you are left with basically like the vegetable or the fruit water. All the fiber is pulled out. It also pulls out other nutrients. Now within that juice that you have, after you have juiced it through a juicer or you buy it cold press and those kind of things, those, there's certain vitamins that only last for like a minute or two a minute or two like you've got to drink it right away because some of those things are going to leave and then as longer that you leave the juice then the longer you are going to basically mm, get rid of some of those other vitamins so when it says the life force only stays in the juice for about 20 minutes maybe Maybe not, okay? Because I will tell you what, I have done many juice fasts and I have made my own juice a lot. And then I've also bought store-bought juice. I love the store-bought juice for sure, but guess what? It tastes dead to me. It tastes dead. I told my husband a zillion times, I'm like, you can go ahead and buy that Suja stuff. We buy it too. It's literally in my fridge right now, but I'm telling you there's something wrong with it. It tastes dead. But when I juice it, it stays feeling alive 
for a while. I would give it more than 20 minutes, but you know, you can go off of what they say. But now smoothies are different. Smoothies is when you just take your fruits and vegetables and you throw them in your freaking blender and you blend it up. The truth is that you don't have to basically like eat it that way. Like it doesn't really do much for your body blending it up as opposed to just eating it. Uh, maybe it will help you eat some of those vegetables if you throw it in there and mask it with a whole bunch of fruit and stuff like that. But it's not like juicing. It's completely different. It's a little pet peeve of mine. That's the reason why I feel like I have to explain it <laughs> just in case anyone that's out there that was confused. But when you basically blend up your food, it's just allowing your body not to have to chew it up really well. But other than that, your body basically digests it just the same. Okay. So at least that's what I've been told. It's what I've learned. This is what I know. Um, so, okay. So now we know about preparation and this totally makes sense as well, because if you cut into an avocado, bam, it is going to suck. Okay. Like you have only a certain amount of time before it starts turning um, brown. Now I have learned if you throw it in a little Ziploc bag with an onion that helps basically stop it um, from going more brown. Here's another tip on avocados. When you put it in the refrigerator, it stops the ripening process. Like it slows it down and then you keep it outside of the fridge if you want it to ripen more. So basically what I do is play hot potato with all my freaking avocados. I'm like, okay, you're on the counter. Oh, wait, nope. I'm going to put you in the fridge. You need to slow down. Wait. And then I keep on going back and forth with it. It's kind of funny. All right. So here's another thing that it talks about. It says packaging. Highly processed foods usually come in cans, boxes, or in the freezer. In the same way that your body couldn't survive these unnatural conditions, neither can the life force in the foods survive. Whether, whenever you eat canned or dry free pro, freeze product, it means the food has no life force. Mm, this one, I cannot disagree with them on. Because when you're doing that canned chicken and stuff like that, are you really going to convince me that the life force can survive in there? I don't know. But that is a really, really good point, too. And this really makes me think as well about canned vegetables. Now, I don't think it's any secret, too. You take a can of green beans and then you take some fresh green beans. There is a freaking difference there. There is a color difference. Oh, there's a big difference. Okay, so that's really interesting. Now, pain. This is the reason why that I went vegetarian to begin with. Food that comes from animals, including dairy products, carries the energy of the animal, how it was treated during its life in slaughter. Animal products have very little, if any, life force in them. Eating the flesh or dairy products from a pain-filled animal can have a negative effect on you, reducing your ability to utilize life force energy in general. I don't agree with that. I 100% believe that they does have life force energy. But the thing is that it doesn't last very long. And also, we will go over it, but there is prayers that you can do over the animal um, when you eat, when you go to eat it. So whether it's fish, chicken, whatever it is, to say this little prayer. And basically what it will do, it will help take away some of that the yuckiness, that yucky energy that we don't want, okay? Remember, you have free will. You can have whatever you want. You just have to ask, okay? So you have to intervene. So intervene every single time that... You go to sit down and bless your food, give thanks to the animal. That's what we're going to do. And then I'll take away some of that. Now, if you have watched any documentary on how animals are treated and things like that, it will not come as a surprise that they are full of cortisol levels when they are when they are killed. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I, don't, I, I know. I hope no one's eating lunch right now. But when they are killed and they have high adrenaline. Now that stays with it as it is processed. It's not like they have like a, a process where they try to take some of that out. Maybe they do, but believe me, they, don't, they always do a good job. So just think about that because you are consuming that and you're consuming 
everything that animal is going through. So going ahead and praying, I swear to God, it really does work. All right, pesticides. Insecticides carry the energy of death, as the word literally means kill pest. Just like ingesting pain energy, when we eat foods that have pesticide residue, the death energy lowers our spiritual frequency and vitality. For this reason, organic food has more life force than foods grown with pesticides. Now, there's a lot of things coming out about organic and stuff like that. You might have to do your own research on this, but this is good information to know. Okay, now also size. Medium-sized fresh fruits and vegetables have more life force than those that are small or large. Small produce is too yin, meaning that its life force is still developing. Large produce is too yang, meaning that its life force is beyond its peak. I think what they mean is the individual fruit or vegetable, like a smaller apple compared to a bigger apple, not just like a watermelon versus a peach, okay? But I really like this, and I think this is going to help you out too, because this is what we're going to talk about is that yin and yang foods, is the yin and yang. Foods that are grown above the ground and the bright sunshine have an expanding yang force, while foods grow below the ground and earth mother embrace a connecting yin force. Above ground, yang foods open us to our psychic gifts and spiritual energy. The below ground yin foods help to ground us and are helpful if you're ever feeling spaced out. 1000%. This is literally in my book as well. I help you out with some grounding foods. Totally helps. Now think about it this way. Have you had many um, potatoes, turnips, and onions, right? The carrots, the basically the vegetables that are grown in the soil. Like a lot of us don't, we're not like really big on those as compared to the ones that are grown above ground, like bananas and apples and oranges, you know, like we're like really big about those. And that would make sense too, because I am so yang. Okay. So yang is the masculine energy. Yang is the, I, I call it crazy energy. Basically, I just feel like I'm in my yang, but I am not in my yin, which is the receptive energy. It's the female energy, you know, feminine energy, and I am not big on my yin food. So think about that. Look at your plate next time. How much is yin and how much is yang on there? How much is from above ground and how much of it is from below ground? Or maybe you're the one that cannot get enough potatoes, all right, and you are grounded AF, but you need to like get some food that is from above ground, okay? Get yourself some tomatoes. <laughs> Okay, and now it says additives. Preservatives like refined sugar, caffeine, white flour, hormones, and other additives have very little life force. They also have the ability to block us from enjoying our own natural life force. The result is that we feel sluggish because we're caught off from life force. Unfortunately, when we feel tired, we often become careless with our eating habits and eat more fast food and sugary snacks. And this, this this is really oversimplifying it, okay, because even, you know, vitamin deficiencies and things like that can, you know, increase your sugar cravings and things. So you can definitely check in more into that. But we know at least the additives can um, can hurt your, you know, spiritual connection. And I'm going to say this, too. Many of them also have problems with... Um, calcifying your pineal gland, which is your third eye chakra. So we definitely don't want that. 
but it says when you eat mostly high life force foods, you feel more energetic and vital. These additional energy may motivate you into st starting an exercise program, which will increase your energy level even more. So yeah, for sure, 100%. You know, you eat better and then you're going to feel a lot better. And I just have to say right now, like it doesn't mean that you have to get rid of anything that's in your diet. I think you just need to add some of these things to it. Like add a freaking orange. And one thing that, you know, we'll talk about this soon because it goes into the chakra system. So keep let's keep listening. Keep listening, okay? Because I'm going to talk to you more about something that's really cool um, here soon. But the prayer and the life force energy. Okay, so first I just want to say life force energy is a form of God contained within the physical form, such as fruits, vegetables, and the flesh. And we can prolong and impact the life force energy within our meals through the use of blessings, prayers, and saying grace. Okay, so for instance, if you're vegetarian and your family still eats meat, you can silently say to the soul of the animal you're cooking, thank you for giving your life so that my family may be nourished by your flesh. In this way, you transmute the energy of the pain within the meat. This is very similar to the ritual that Native Americans once used when hunting. They would silently ask the animal's permission to kill and would bless the animal for surrendering itself to the sake of feeding the tribe. This is called give away. And it's also a good idea to bless the animals who provided your family's dairy products, including milk, cheese, and eggs. Unless you're buying organic or free-range dairy products, you're probably purchasing from an animal who suffered. And even if you did, they might have still suffered, okay? Blessing these animals can help you minimize the dairy products' energy of pain so your family doesn't ingest the negativity, okay? And it says, unknowingly, you may... Absorb the energy of the cooks and the waiters and the food preparers, even when you go out to eat. If any of these workers are holding angry thoughts, your life, your food's life force energy may be affected. For that reason, it's best to hold your hands over your plate of food prior to eating it, visualizing white light energy coming from your hands surrounding the food. Say your prayer, ask that the energy be absorbed into the food. Okay, so love this. And in case you didn't notice the prayer in here, I'm just going to say it again just for clarity, okay? It says, thank you for giving your life for so my family may be nourished by your flesh. And so I had a father-in-law and he used to always say, you know, basically thank you for the animals, you know, for um, giving us the nutrients and may it, you know, nourish our bodies. So I'll come up with a couple other good ones that have it in the link below. But so far, so good. I'm loving this. I hope that you are too. Okay, so the next thing that we're going to go over is the emotional impact of food. Because your emotions are energy emotion, okay? And we need to make sure that's good so that you can hear your thoughts clearly, so that you can listen to your intuition, you know, better, and that you can make quicker and better choices in life. This isn't all just becoming a psychic and a medium. That is amazing. That is awesome. But the thing is, is that you're going to have, lose people and you might already have past loved ones. And they're probably trying to give you advice in your life. And if you follow these things, then a lot of times what's going to happen is that you're going to be able decrease the bad things that you think about, decrease your bad thoughts or decrease your bad habits so that you can hear them a little bit more clearly. So let's go on to the emotional impact of food. It says many people adopt spiritual practices and principles in the search of peace and happiness. And it's true that your diet can impact your emotions and state of mind. The link between food and mood has been established by hundreds of scientific studies. Many of these studies show depression, anxiety, lethargy, and cravings can result from a poor or imbalanced diet. Cravings for food are a sign that the body has emotions, are looking for peace or homeostasis. Cravings can mean that some vitamin or mineral is depleted in the body. However, they can also stem from emotional imbalances. 
Whenever there are imbalances, we receive guidance in the form of gut feelings, ideas of an or an inner voice to change the situation causing the imbalance. However, if we ignore this guidance, the body pressures us to regain homeostasis in a different way, such as through craving certain foods. Intuitively, the body knows that certain foods will alter the brain chemicals or blood pressure in the order to regulate the energy or mood. For example, let's say you're unhappy at work. You feel pressure to perform the job of three employees without receiving adequate pay or approval. After a while, you begin to feel burnout, so your inner guidance pressures you to make a life change. Perhaps you get a feeling that you should brush up on your resume or contact an employment agency. Unfortunately, your fears about financial security or change in general keep you from following this guidance. So your body sends you signals to eat certain foods that will help you temporarily feel better. Each food is craved because it has an amino acids, neurological chemical catalyst, or vasoconstrictor, I don't even know what that is, catalyst, which will energize your body or soothe your brain chemicals. Here are some common cravings associated with some specific life situations. Are you ready? If you are craving red meat, all right, it has a stimulating effect. And a lot of times it is related to burnout, usually from work, but it could be home as well. So if you are craving fatty foods, this has a soothing effect. And a lot of times it has to do with your financial security or how you feel, you know, secure in life overall. So if you are craving sharp cheese, this is me, man. I love sharp cheese. It is stimulating. Ooh, and the life situation is fatigue, pushing oneself to work, rushing too much. OMG, WTF, that is so me. How about you? All right, if you are craving vanilla ice cream, it is soothing and it is from tension, fear, or depression. Mm, this is interesting. To fe- deal with food cravings, first make sure you're, that your body is physically fulfilled. This may mean by taking a multivitamin each day, okay? And your emotions also require adequate supplies from the brain chemical called serotonin. Without sufficient serotonin, you may feel tired, depressed, irritable, or have cravings for carbohydrates. Some natural ways to increase your serotonin supply include engaging in aerobic activities, okay, um, being outside in the sunlight, avoiding or reducing alcohol or caffeine, and touching a loved one or being touched. In fact, I always do it all the time. Like I, my husband, I make him hug me for at least, I don't even know, like a full minute every morning when we make up, wake up. If you were, if you were in my house in the morning, you would totally laugh because my husband or I will come down the stairs and usually the other one is waiting for us and then we will sit there and hug each other like we haven't even seen each other like in a week (laughs) it's so funny but I I always say uh, I need my oxytocin but sometimes just for fun I'll say oxycotton because I think it gets funny and then he laughs but I think you totally do that so touching a loved one and being touched is 100% something that you need and by the way like they've done studies on this too where like they didn't touch babies and stuff like that and it had a severe negative impact on their life in fact one study that I know that happened like way back in the day, all right, like hundreds of years ago, is where they didn't talk to babies. And they wanted to see what language that the baby would say when they started talking. Like maybe they would just learn English or maybe was it, you know, I don't even know French. But honestly, all the babies, they didn't make it. In that announce that's just what talking does so when you're being touched that's something totally different because we don't have to talk you know believe me we could literally talk to each other telepathically but you know that's a story of a different day so eating a balanced diet with plenty of whole grains and fresh produce and then also sleeping soundly for at least seven hours a night or eight 
without the use of sleep enhancers. So it says here seven hours a night if you are male, eight hours if you are female. And I'll tell you what, 1000% this is bang on, okay? Because spirit is trying to talk to you, but you need to have your mind rested and your body rested. Remember, your body is your vessel and it is a way that they use to communicate with you, okay? Once your body is taken care of, any additional food cravings you experience will probably have an emotional basis. The most direct route to reducing cravings is to heal the situation that's um, triggering them. Even by taking a baby step towards your resolution of a problem at work or in life or your lifestyle can reduce food cravings. All right, so number one, if you're having food cravings, you can ask your spirit guides for help on that. And even if you don't feel like you know them or know their name or anything like that, just freaking ask. Remember, ask and so it is. Ask and it is given. So you can go ahead and do that. It literally helps. I forget to ask all the time. And so hopefully you don't, you know, basically follow my same bad footsteps. But it does 1,000% work. Okay, so do that, and now we're going to be moving on to the chakra system. Okay, now it's really funny because I wanted to share it with you before, but I'm going to share it with you now. You can also determine how healthy you are and where you are the healthiest by paying attention to the color of the foods that you eat and then corresponding each of them with the colors of the chakra system. So the seven main chakras have colors that they're related to. And so like the heart chakra is green. Now think about how much green foods that you're eating. Are you eating a lot? I tell you what, I eat a lot of greens. So I'll eat my broccoli, my Brussels sprouts, I eat greens and salad. I always go for a green juice usually. I am good with my greens. But now, what about my solar plexus and my sacral chakra with the yellow and the orange? How many do I, may, yeah, maybe I go ahead and I eat a banana once in a while. I don't ever eat oranges. Like what other foods are yellow and orange? I can't even think of any right now. Can you think of any? How many of those? And look at that. That is, they, those two chakras are located, you know, like in our stomach region. Okay. Two, you know, was it two fingers below our belly button, you know, right in that area. So are you having issues in that area? Are you having stomach issues? If you're a girl, are you having girl issues there? Same thing with our root chakra. Your root chakra is red. But how many red foods are you really eating? So are you eating any apples? I don't really eat apples. I don't think I have a lot of red. Maybe some tomatoes. But do I eat a whole bunch of tomatoes? Probably not. And your root chakra is associated with your security. You know, finances. You know, physically, it's on the base of your spine. So how is your back? How is your lower back going? Maybe you're being guided to eat more red foods. So think about that. I think it's a lot of fun when you're looking at the colors that you're eating versus the colors of the chakra system. That's why they say you should eat the rainbow. So try it out, and we're going to go right in to the chakra system. Different foods have varying effects on your chakra system. They can support, hinder, or be neutral to it. Dense foods with low life force energy tend to close the chakras, while light foods with higher life force energy tends to open them. For example, meats that have a low life force energy have a chakra closing effect. A fresh fruit salad, in contrast, can help chakras become larger and brighter. Why do so many spiritual masters and organizations praise the benefits of vegetarian diet for devotees? One stage of progression along the path of self-discovery might be called the purification stage. Paying close attention to 
to the energy levels of food that you eat has the most profound effect during the stage. There are enlightened masters, yogis, and others who aren't affected at all by what they eat. Some have ingested lethal doses of pharmaceuticals without any effect. These individuals are on a higher vibrational level than most of the populace. But along their path to get to this level, most of these mystics went through a vegetarian purification stage in their development. In the same manner, the ancient Greek philosopher and mathematician um, Pythagoras had his students in his mystery school adopt a vegan diet. Ooh, it's really good. I just think it's so interesting. Even though, like, this is definitely pushing into, you know, you into a vegan and vegetarian diet, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, I, I'm so surprised that my husband, um, until recently, he was mostly all vegan and he wouldn't eat anything. And for the longest time, I was vegan and he wasn't. But then he was like, I don't know. Basically, he decided to eat again, and now our diet is like this on the rails. It's like off the rails. It's not good at all. But, you know, he didn't lose weight when he went vegan. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times you can eat a lot more processed foods when you're a vegan. There's a lot of like they call, was it vegan frankenfood or whatever? It's basically like a term for like, okay, it's not meat, then what is it? Like maybe it's not good to have a lot of those um, fake meats and those kinds of things because of those, they have the additives and the preservatives in it and those kinds of things. So what I think that I want you to take away with here is... Just adding some more of these colors to your diet, adding some of these life force energy foods to your diet, okay? Going ahead, and if you're going to have bacon and eggs in the morning, maybe have some tomato slices along with it. Maybe add some fresh herbs there, which gives you a little bit of the green. And then the same thing, you can make nice cream that is frozen bananas in a blender. It freaking tastes delicious. And maybe you can, you know, add little things like that to your diet and it'll help you out with your whole energy centers. And it'll also help you connect to your spirit guides, past loved ones and angels. I can tell a big difference too when I've been eating healthy because I'm able to get really good names with my mediumship. I'm like right on. And now it's almost like I've gotten to this level and maybe you have too, or maybe you're on the way, but I have basically gotten to this level which is, I am still way higher than I ever was before, but I may not be on the top part of the level that I'm at now. So what I'm saying is, is that my diet has not been good. And I have been getting bang on messages with my readings. Like they have been so good. It's been wow. Like sometimes I've been leaving my desk and being like, wow, spirit is freaking strong. But if I were to start incorporating more of these fruits and veggies, more of these life force energy foods, then what else would have came through? Would it have been even better? I wonder. I wonder the same could be for you. And I definitely feel that if you're still listening to this right now, that you are being guided just to add a couple of these things to your diet because you know what's going to do? It can help you decrease that anxiety, can help you decrease that stress because the more that you're on your spiritual path, the more sensitive that you are to foods, probably for the reasons that we talked about. And so now they're reaching out to you to tell you, okay, this is really what's affecting you. And if you really want to be able to make these good choices, and if you want to be able to, you know, make, you know, choices quicker in your life, maybe not doubt what you're getting, maybe going ahead and having more confidence. And I mean, in every area of your life. So with business decisions and with home decisions and little baby freaking decisions all throughout the day, like, should I do this? Should I let this person do this? Should I not? Should I go here? 
you are going to change, you're going to have a big change as long as you're eating foods that are alive. All right, and don't keep on killing them, okay? So we can kill them by cooking them and overcooking them and things like that. So I just thought that I would share this with you because Spirit wanted me to. And I'm going to put some prayers in the show notes. And I hope that you keep in touch with me. Let me know how this is going. And I will see you on Sunday for Coffee and Cards. See you then. Thanks for tuning in to the Spiritual AF Life Podcast. You'll find all the links to resources and more in the show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on the incredible episodes that are coming up.